0: So let's continue then with key point number two key point number two is this that john assures us that prayer gives us confidence in christ john assures us that prayer gives us confidence in christ let's pick back up at verse 14. now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him now again let's pause there why is that important because he's saying look all these false teachers have come into the church and they're telling you things they're telling you you've got he's like have you noticed that our prayers are the ones that's answered have you noticed that i mean that's what he's pointing out right i mean he's saying listen if we have confidence to believe in the gospel it should be in Whose prayers are getting answered? And he's saying, look, our, our prayers, we have confidence that our message is the correct message, the gospel message is right. And don't be listening to these false teachers. Why? Because we know who, which, which one God is answering, which prayers God's listening to. John points to those answered prayers as reason for us to be confident in Christ. And he's addressing that false teaching. And then he gives us an example of a compassionate prayer and picks up at verse 16. And this, in in reality, verses 16 and 17, if you were to look at some commentaries and read up on this, this is one of the most difficult passages in all of Scripture. It's one of the most challenging. It's one of those that, you know, how how are we to understand this? And I hope that I can uh, do it justice this morning. Here's what it says. If anyone sees his brother sinning, A sin which does not lead to death he will ask or in other words he will pray or he will ask God in prayer and he that's going to be God will give him life for those who commit sin leading not leading to death there is sin leading to death I do not say that he should pray about that all unrighteousness is sin and there is sin not leading to death now let's pause that's a lot to unpack right i mean there's a lot going on there what in the world is he talking about sin that leads to death and then some sin that doesn't lead to death and what in the world it is a tough passage what's going on well first let's do a couple of things let's let's do some identification who is praying and who is he praying for well the first thing is who is praying and the Apostle John says, anyone, any Christian who observes a reason to pray. That's fair enough, right? If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, let's pause there. We can say, any of us sees someone else that's doing something, it should spur within us a desire to pray. Not a desire to post on Facebook or call someone and gossip. Or it, it should do what? For the Christian, it should spur us. It should stir us in such a way that we want to pray for them. So who, who is identified as the person who is praying? Any Christian who observes a reason to pray. Who's being prayed for? Well, it's clear here. It says a brother. So this is another Christian. This is someone who is a believer. But they're doing what? They've fallen into sin. They're committing some type of sin. In fact, if we look closer, it says if anyone sees his brother sinning... In sin Uh, in other words this is not just hey we saw him sin we saw him do something in the past we see him choosing to do something over and over we're seeing a pattern so it's not just saying we see somebody who sinned why because all of us have sinned. but what's it seeing it's saying here you've observed a brother a Christian who is doing what choosing to do ongoing sin so what distinctions then are made what distinctions are made about sin well the Apostle Paul says one is a sin that leads to death and then the other is a sin that does not lead to death how do we understand that ultimately consider this Um, as a Christian believer if you place your faith in Christ there is no sin that you can commit that would cause you to die spiritually. You have your salvation secured in Christ. There is nothing that you can do to lose that salvation. There is no sin that you can commit. The only sin that is unpardonable is to reject the is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. To reject the Holy Spirit's conviction unto salvation. To reject him entirely. That's the unpardonable sin. So what is it saying here? First John 5:16 is saying that there comes a point when God can no longer allow a Christian believer to continue in unrepentant sin, and when that point is reached, God may decide to take the life of the stubbornly sinful believer. There is no sin in the life of a Christian believer that can result in spiritual death. But then in contrast, in other words, there's the, you know there's sin that does not lead to death, but then there is one that leads to death. So in contrast, there can be a presence of unrepentant sin that results in physical death. So then the question is what? Do we see an example of that? Can we find an example of that in Scripture? Is there, is there a place where we can see this? You have this unrepentant sin, and God is saying, I'm, I'm, you're not going to lose your salvation, but I will remove you because you are, you are hurting the church. You are doing more damage by, by being in this sinful state, and I'm going to, to take you out of this world to give you physical death to prevent you from causing more harm to the church. Where do we see that in Scripture? We see it in the lives of Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira. Time limits us this morning to doing a full uh, examination of what went on, but you can find them in Acts chapter 5. They were Christians in the early church who committed a sin, and because of that sin, God did what? Said, I'm going to have you experience physical death immediately to prevent you from continuing to do harm to the local church i'm going to take you out so is there a sin unto death it's any sin that we can commit continual repetitious sin that god says you know what you are actually causing harm to the church and for that reason i'm going to remove you now he can do that in a number of different ways it doesn't mean that he's every time he's going to he's going to take someone's life he can sometimes cause, cause circumstances, remove that person from ministry, remove that person from their, uh, from their influence. He can, can do any number of things, but God reserves the right to do what? To, do, to, to take their physical life and bring them into his presence to prevent them from doing more harm.